Hi, my name is Kate McGaw. I am the CEO of Arclight Agile. I'm also a certified Scrum trainer and Agile coach, and welcome to our podcast. And I'm Ryan Smith. I'm a certified product owner and a certified Scrum professional, Scrum master. And today we're going to talk about how we address tech debt and code quality in Scrum. So tech debt, bugs, code quality, these things are sort of building up. How do we deal with them in Scrum? And I think, Kate, you wanted me to sort of take the weird Yes, yes. I wanted to give uh, the example that I tend to use for tech debt for people who are not familiar with it. And then it's all yours because um, (laughs) you are technical. I tend to not be technical. So a a good example of tech debt to me is you're, you're driving along in your car, your check engine light comes on, you ignore it, you ignore it, you ignore it, and then eventually your engine seizes up. Or you have a hole in your roof and it rains. So when it rains, you put a bucket under it then you clean up the mess and you put the bucket away and then it rains again and you do the same thing again and you do that for six months. But if you just repaired the leak when it first happened, you would have saved time in the long run. So to me, those are sort of layman's examples of of tech debt. So what what would you give as as an example, maybe a more technical example of it? Well, it's funny, the roof thing happened to me. Oh, <laughs> did you we, think immediately tech deck, I must, debt, I must repair it now? No, well, it wasn't my house. I was renting a house Oh, wow! in Silver Lake here in Los Angeles. I was renting a house in Silver Lake. And the first, it doesn't rain a lot in Los Angeles until <laughs> very recently. And so we'd moved into this house. Everything was great. Had my office in this room. And the first time it rains, it starts dripping on my desk. And my landlord, my my neighbor warned me, he'll do things 12 times cheap before you finally, he does it right. <laughs> and that's what happened. He would have guys come and they're like, no, no, it's fixed. It's fixed. It's fixed. And finally I had to give him the name of a roofer. And guess what? The person I gave him never happened again. So I think that that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. There are some things that it's sort of death by a thousand cuts. And yeah. if you had just stopped patching it mm-hmm. and just gone in and done the work, I'd rather take the hit now than death by a thousand cuts. And I think that sometimes you just have to stand up to your organization and go, we have this problem yeah, and it costs us more. Mm -hmm. Let's bring this thing in or let this sprint, we're just going to fix this thing. We never need to worry about it again. Because it's sometimes you just have to say to an org, we have to take care of this thing. I think there's just sort of that priority matrix. Mm -hmm. If it's like low effort, high value, you want to grab that thing and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's like low value, a lot of effort, it's like probably not killing anybody, leave it. Uh, for me, tech debt is, you know, in Scrum, we move fast. We're not building the whole thing. We, we built something quick. We put it out there. It's not as polished or amazing as it could be. But if we're going to iterate on it, we're going to need to do some refactoring, Right. We know so is, that, so is some tech debt okay? I think some tech debt is okay. And I think Scrum allows for that as long as you know that you're going to have to deal with it at some point. So for, I've typically had the sort of 80-20 rule that like 20% of the Scrum should really be dedicated to things 
that the team sort of identifies and says, there are some things on the backlog. We just did this the other day in sprint planning. Hey, here are five bugs. We already know how to fix them. This will take no time at all. Can we bring these in? It, 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 let's just get these off our backlog. Or when we're talking about tech debt as opposed to bugs on the backlog, okay, we're iterating on feature X. We did it fast and dirty. Now we're doing part two. We're going to size a little bit bigger because we know we're going to have to refactor the code. But that's okay because people are using the thing we built, right? So we got it out there. We got some statistics. It was totally worth doing quickly. But now we're going to make it. We're going to iterate on it. We're going to add some more features. So it's worth cleaning up because this is stuff we know it's worth investing in. So, so what is the difference between tech debt and a bugger and a defect? How do you, how do you d differentiate those? I would differentiate those by the bug. A bug for me, I always use the classic definition. A bug is something that once worked and now no longer does. Okay. Right. That is, somebody put some code out in the world and it broke this thing. And so you, nothing happens when you click on button X or when you go to mobile view, you get duplicate information on the screen. That yeah. didn't used to happen. Now it happens. Somebody's put in a bug and said, this uh -huh. doesn't work. You got to go fix it. That's as opposed to tech debt where we did things fast and loose. It works, but it's it's going to need some refactoring. It's, 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 we know that if this is really the way we're going to go and we're going to make it full featured, we're going to have to not future proof it, but make it a bit more solid. That's for me, this sort of the distinction between those two. And, and I think that's fine. I think like when you do something quick, I always tell people, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Get yeah. the thing out there get it functional, let's get some statistics if people are going to use it, and then we'll add more features and we'll clean it up, you know? So how, how do you help persuade, sorry, I keep interrupting you because I have no, no, so go, go. many questions for you. Um, how do you persuade a product owner to include tech debt in the items that need to be fixed in the backlog? How do you let your product owner know how important it is? So... Let me back up a second. A lot of times I'll be dealing with teams and they're like, well, we want to future proof this. Okay. And, and it's just like the future doesn't exist. All that exists is right now. Yeah. So don't worry about the features this could have because they don't exist. Okay. You know, because we're not, we're, we're not doing waterfall where we know that eventually it will have all these features. Right. So that's what they're future proofing for. Yeah. Don't future proof. We have this story, build that story. And if we're going to keep doing it, then we can start to bake in future-proofing. That's, a, I think, my good sort of tech debt. We sacrifice future-proofing for proof of concept. How do I convince my product owner to take on this tech debt or these bugs? You know, we, we did this, uh, we put out this document library, and immediately people started using it. And it's just like, oh... Okay, like day one, like lots of visits, lots of interaction, you know, our UX UI people went and, and talked to our customers and they were like, oh my God, this is so great and I love it and this is what I want. And we got real feedback from people. Yeah. So that sort of built our roadmap, right? Instead of the team sort of predicting what people want, we gave them a little bit, got them work using it, got their feedback, 
Now we can start to future-proof it because we have a user-driven roadmap. Yeah. And that's an easier sell to a product person mm -hmm. because, again, we're not doing waterfall where we planned it out and we know exactly what we're building. We know exactly the date we're going to launch it. We're not doing that. We're So, hey, we sacrificed to get the feature out. And now this subsequent work is going to be a little bit bigger so we can solidify it. I always find that to be a really easy sell because they're just happy users are using it yeah. and we're now iterating on it. And the I bug think, No, I'm just going to say that's the key of why we want to be doing scrum. That's scrum yes. in a nutshell. Yep. Get the basic yep. working model to our customers and then prioritize all of the features they want after that. I've told this story before. A friend of mine was working for a pharmaceutical company and somebody had this idea for this website and they spent like a million plus dollars on this thing and no one ever went to it. Yeah. They spent months and months in development and no one ever used it. Yeah. Waste of time. Let's put out, let, <laughs> waste of time, waste of money. Let's put out a little thing, see if people use it and then let's iterate on it. That's good tech debt. Yeah. Right? We didn't invest six months we're going to have to refactor a little bit. That's okay. You know, yeah. that's fine. Um, then bugs, that's a different sell because a, a lot of times they're like, oh, no, no, I really want that. Or, and this is where I want them to sort of, this is where they're important because they can look at a bug and go, yeah, you know what? Like I'm in a weird position because the site I'm working on doesn't rely on mobile. Our customers are not on mobile. Unlike every other website in the world, that's not where our customers are. So yeah. it's very easy for my testers to be like, there's a problem on mobile. And for my 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 product owner to be like, yeah, nobody's on mobile. We don't care. Don't worry about that. And then they can be the sort of reminder to the team of what's really important to the end user. And you know, when they see value in fixing things, it's it's good to have them i'm not saying be the bad guy but be the voice of the user yeah you know i don't want to be like well we filled it up with seven bugs so people were busy it's just like what's really valuable what's worth our, our time because yeah. there's also some things guess what we're never going to fix i but here's my other thing with my developers in particular listen if you're in the code and you see a thing just fix it while you're in there and then there's x amount of tech debt and bugs that just get sort of fixed as the normal course of work. So what impact though does that have on testers who've planned to test the original work and now they've got even more to test? Well, sometimes it's they didn't nobody caught it. Mm -hmm. Nobody caught it. So you don't really have to call it out. They're just like, oh, I saw this thing. It's like, great, fix it. Don't worry about it. I, okay. I don't, I don't ever really call that out. I'm not going back in and doing surgery on the tickets and being like, and by the way, go and look for this bug. It's like they never noticed it. You fixed it. You're you're rock solid. Great. Let, let, let's let it go out. You couldn't have made it worse. Yeah. Um, and and you paid some attention to it. But I really do try and use that matrix of priority, like low effort, high value. Let's grab those bugs. I also encourage my developers all the time to be patrolling the backlog and looking at the bugs and coming to me and saying, yeah. oh my God, this one's so easy. I know exactly what to do. That's the best kind of bug. I know exactly how to fix this. Great, low effort, high value, or this isn't even a thing. Let's just get rid of it. So I think to wrap it up, my, my final thoughts on it, 
I think the technical debt is so is it's fine. I think it's what Scrum is built for. We're going to incur a little bit so that we don't waste a lot of time future proofing, you know, for things that may or may not happen. Because that I think is the worst tech debt. Oh, we yeah. we built in all these hooks and now we've abandoned the project. Yeah. So that's all wasted work. Less effort, more value. And then there's just bugs. And I think if we can just identify what are real valuable bugs, and I think that that's where product really can come in and go, that doesn't bother me. Don't worry about it. Or, oh, that's great. Let's take care of that. Or this is high value. But I, again, I also sort of a lot X amount of the sprint to this effort, whether it gets sized into a ticket because mm -hmm. it's like, oh, you've prioritized feature two. Great. We got to size up because we got to refactor or, hey, there's some bugs we can take in. What do you guys think? Yeah. That's how I do it. And that's how I sort of draw the line between those two I think tech debt and bugs are very different things. Yeah, and I think I think tech debt as well has different types of tech debt. We can have Agreed. intentional, unintentional, yeah, as as 100%. well as as well as bugs. But yeah, and I, I I think Scrum got a bad rap to start with because people thought, oh well, we're delivering this code with all this this technical debt and uh. it doesn't work. And well, yes. And this is just because we're doing Scrum does not mean we are delivering bad code. No, um, and 100%. we are, we, as you've said, we're making conscious decisions yes. that we're going to ship with this in order to get it in the hands of our customers early in order to get that feedback. Right. So don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. That is that when you incur tech debt along those lines, I think that's exactly the right kind of tech debt to incur. And I think that is a great place to end it today. Thank you for joining us today. You will find us on Twitter at Arclight Agile. You will also find us on LinkedIn at forward slash Arclight Agile. So share your thoughts with us on this episode and send us any topics you'd like us to discuss in the future.